Maddie, how were you able to stand firm under pressure? How were you able to stay true to yourself in an environment like The Bachelor when I know there's pressures, there's temptations, there's voices, you know, there's there's opinions, there's words, there's so much thrown at you. How were you able to keep your standards high and your roots deep and you were willing to walk away? You were willing to stay true to yourself, whatever the cost. What did that look like for you? How did you do it? Folks, before we start this episode, if you could do one thing, would you please hit that subscribe button? It really helps us out. We'll kick those tires and start that fake fire. It is indeed time to camp. Today, we wrestle with the eternal question, does every rose have its thorn? To help us settle this timeless issue, we bring on renowned speaker, consultant on the issue, soon to be best-selling author, and star of The Bachelor, Madison Pruitt. Now, be careful. Today's content will be considered extremely encouraging and uplifting. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Madison. Welcome to the fire. That was beautiful. I just must say that was very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is the coolest camping experience I've ever had. I've only been camping twice, but it's it beats the, the other time. Where did you camp? Like off the side of the road somewhere or? No, actually, it was a great experience. A bunch of my friends and I went to Pismo Beach in California. And so we all did a little road trip off off the Wait, you Pismo think this Beach? is on par with Pismo Beach? Yeah. We're camping in a Nordstrom's parking lot. You know that, right? <laughs> but this is a setup in a... Vi I mean, this is sick. Like, this is really cool. I, it's a, it's, it competes with Pismo Beach. Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry, Pismo Tourism Board, but we got you on this one. <laughs> well, why don't we dive straight in? Uh, because we're going to talk about your amazing book. We're going to get to all that jazz. But uh, do you mind if I start off with a little bit of uh, kind of a slightly antagonistic question is that okay why not let's do it so um you're a you're a christian i think you know i, I am i think indeed. the word's out right yep. mm. so spoiler alert yeah mm -hmm. so first question is when you're on these shows um specific specifically the bachelor not we not the price is right um <laughs> where you won thousands of dollars not winning eight thousand dollars cool. yeah okay gotcha. um yeah. which i'm sure you tithed obviously but uh absolutely when you're on these shows, what do you say to people who would say, how can you go on that show as a Christian? And not knocking the show in any sense, but just the way it's set up, the the drama, the, you know, and obviously it's entertainment, but like, what do you say when people say, how do you be a Christian and go on The Bachelor Bachelorette? Honestly, so I, I talk about the full extent of what my specific story looked like, because if if someone were to come up to me and they're a follower of Christ and they're like, hey, I'm going on The Bachelor, I'd be like, let's sit down and let's talk about this. <laughs> let's like really talk through it and make sure this is where God is actually leading. Because it does it sound so bizarre. Like when I tell people, hey, I felt like God was leading me to go on The Bachelor. They're like, you sound cuckoo. Like you sound like you, you're a little crazy in the head. And it does sound really crazy. But, you know, I feel like through my experience, I've learned that you really can't put God in a box. And a lot of times he calls you into places and into situations and scenarios that you would have never imagined for yourself. And <clears throat> excuse me. And for me, it was just being led by peace, even though it wasn't at all like what I imagined for myself. I just felt like God gave me so much peace of stepping into that and it wasn't something I pursued it wasn't something I went after when the bachelor called me I genuinely thought it was a prank call I was like listen I don't know who who is calling right now but no like I ain't doing this like this is not for me and after just taking time to pray about it and talk with my family about it like I feel like the Lord just made it so clear that it was something I was supposed to do and of course I got I got a lot of pushback from the church and from unbelievers and people around me even close you know friends and family totally questioning I don't think that was the voice of God you were hearing Maddie like I think that was something else and people totally believing you know that I was stepping into it just you know for selfish reasons to get famous to whatever it was build a platform for myself and for me, I just constantly felt like God was continuing to say, like, just trust me, like, just trust me. I've got you. And, you know, I'm taking you to this place because I want to use you. But also I want to I want to do something inside of you. And I feel like both those things have happened. I've seen how God has used it. I've seen how God has, you know, used someone like me and something like The Bachelor to bring glory to his name. But I've also seen, you know, how much I've grown and how much I've learned and how strength, grace and courage has been totally redefined, you know, for me through that experience. And so. 
I don't know. It, it was quite quite the experience. I had no idea what I was stepping into. I'd never seen a full season of The Bachelor. I had no idea, honestly, what I was even saying yes to. So you weren't a, you weren't a fan of the show. <laughs> I was not a fan of the show. I did not watch the show. I honestly kind of gave a little pushback to my friends who did watch the show. I was like, Ah, so you Why got to be you? a hypocrite and someone, <laughs> yeah. and someone doing it just ironic, for social media. Ironic, right? Doesn't that sound like something God God would do, right? So just would a you, little so ironic. To your, so to the critics who say, and I'm sure that um, people who go on Shark Tank get this critique too, like you're just going, but um, in that case, it's a business, like, why wouldn't you want exposure? Right. But uh, would you say then to critics, uh, and I'm sure you received your fair share of uh, doubters who are like, because hey, I think anyone who goes on, they're always asking, like, are you really looking for love? Right, totally. You know? And did you think, you know what, can I find love on the show you can't put god in a box but were right. you going into it thinking you know i i might i just going to keep an open mind and yeah. maybe you know god wants to use it for whatever i feel like for me it was where god was leading me i didn't have an exact like clarity or picture of what it was going to look like i didn't go into it saying like oh i know this means i'm going to find my husband here i didn't go into it saying i know i'm not going to find my husband here like this is just for fun and games and just see what i get out of it i feel like for me it was just a step of saying okay god yes like i surrender here i am send me and it's so cool to see the blessings that come on the other side of obedience but for me it was just a surrendered yes and obedience and following wherever the spirit was leading me but I had no idea what it was going to look like. I I honestly didn't think that it would be me and Peter at the finale trying to figure out our relationship. I had no idea it was going to lead to that kind of a moment. But I, I just knew it was where God was calling me and where God was leading me. Now, I didn't know what context that was going to look like. I didn't know if it was, you know, just to expand my mindset and just to grow my faith. If it was to witness to the other girls, if it was to find my husband. I had no idea, you know, what the outcome was going to be. I just knew that I was supposed to do it right and you brought up an interesting point there which is we we probably tend to be myopic with this which is you go on the show for fame or for love and you just pointed out um you know if god is ostensibly involved in this then it could be about you know being placed to help the people that were there it might be about uh, elevating a platform so that you can share a particular message right there's there's actually a lot of outcomes that yeah. could be god ordained in that um well since you're letting me ask antagonistic questions and we like to go deeper <laughs> on this um so you know, we, we have a lot of mutual friends and uh, they all, I'd say, you know, four out of five polled say that you're, you know, objectively awesome Christian, very uh, genuine, faith is genuine. Like, you know, almost everyone, we'll leave margin of error in case there's someone. Great, who, in case you know, there's that one person. It's like the, totally. the other dentist who didn't recommend Trident for you 90s fans. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you come highly, you know, recommend as a Christian. How does someone, and especially with how vocal you are and how authentic your faith seems to you, how did you end up in a situation where you were, it seems legitimately very much having a heart for someone who in hindsight, it looks like did not uh, emulate, share or live out yeah. any of the values. And then could you speak a little to that as far as totally. when it comes to picking a partner, um, you know, do you see people making that same settling in the same kind of way? Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people settling and lowering this, their standards and, you know, settling for something less than God's best. And that's something I talk about and preach on a good bit. I would say for me in this particular situation, it's a little it's a little hard to totally explain because it's not something I would you know, outside of a reality TV show, just partner myself with someone who didn't align with me spiritually, purpose wise, you know, character, all, all of these different things. It's not something that I would ever pursue or allow in outside of the context of this reality TV show. Um, for me, going on this show, I didn't know who The Bachelor was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. I just, again, said yes from a place of obedience, knowing where it was God, knowing it was where God was leading me. And during my time on the show, I continued just to pray for wisdom and peace and direction and strength and everything that I needed to stay as long as I needed to stay, to speak up about what I needed to speak up about, to remain silent when I needed to remain silent. Just constantly asking God for that courage coupled with wisdom to know, you know, when when to go, when to stay, when to walk away, you know, when to speak up. All of those different things that come with the pressures and the temptations that were in an environment like The Bachelor. And for me, I can genuinely say during that entire process, like 
the Lord just gave me everything that I needed. And I knew, you know, when I was supposed to speak out about certain things, I knew when I was supposed to walk away. I knew when I was like, for however long I stayed, I knew I was supposed to be there and I was supposed to stay and I was supposed to kind of figure it out and pour into the people around me, love on the people around me. And so for me, I look back and I'm like, oh, okay, of course, you know, in my everyday life, I'm not going to, you know, be in a relationship with someone that is not on fire for Jesus and going to be able to lead me spiritually and kind of align in all of these areas that I prayed for and waited for. But in this particular setting where I knew it was where God had led me, you know, he gave me that peace and that strength and that courage and that conviction to really like stay and to continue to fight for that relationship. And I, I did, I had a big heart for Peter. Now, once it got towards the end was when I really started asking those questions of, okay, you know, this has been a cool time, a good relationship. I have a lot of love and a, and a big heart for you. But as far as like partnering in life with you and getting engaged and, and doing life together outside of this show, you know, there are some serious questions that I have to ask. I have to ask you, I have to ask myself and we have to kind of figure out. And so that was when, you know, I really started saying, and I had all of these people, you know, giving me opinions, all of these, you know, words around me and pressures around me saying like, okay, you don't walk away from The Bachelor. Like The Bachelor wants you, The Bachelor's choosing you. You can't walk away from that. Like, why would you do that? You're crazy, you know? And then I had so many Christians saying like, why are you even here? You're insane. You're not really a believer. And so there were so many opinions and so many, you know, thoughts and, and words coming at me. And, and it was constantly just aligning myself with, you know, where I felt like ultimately the spirit was leading me and what God was giving me for those moments. And so when it came down to it, you know, I had to ask myself those questions. I had to, you know, come forward and be like hey listen I don't think we're on the same page like we don't align and so therefore I can't move forward in this and ultimately that was where you know I, I made that decision and did choose to walk away but you know I felt like up until that point you know I was supposed to fight for that relationship I was supposed to kind of figure that out um, but you know something that I do speak to and speak on a lot outside of The Bachelor and now you know kind of being in back in the single life and dating life and what that looks like I have, you know, my my list of things. I have what I call my three C's and my three P's. Would you please share those for and the I, audience? Yes. Own? So my three C's are convictions. What are his convictions? And I mean, like, what are what is his faith? Like, what what does that actually look like? His private life look like? His daily decisions? His character is the second C. Like, what does his character look like? Um, his integrity? Is he a man of his word? You know, how does he treat people? Um, and then last is like chemistry. Do we have that chemistry? Are we attracted to each? Other, not just spiritually but like physically like do we have this vibe going you know and once those three C's are checked off then I you know would consider dating that person so the conviction, conviction chemistry and was convictions character and chemistry convictions character and convictions chemistry. character and chemistry and those are three things that I evaluate before I would ever date someone so before I would ever even get in a dating relationship with someone those are three things that I evaluate obviously in the context of The Bachelor I didn't get to really filter through those things because you're just thrown in a pool of 30 other right. women and in hindsight and, it would be clear that he yes. does not meet the three c's right right now like taking a step back not and, as a knock but just as a but just as yeah. he's not on the same you know spiritual journey as i am right but i will say you know during my time on the show he was genuinely so interested and curious and it was really cool to see him be so drawn to the spirit inside of me you know i'm surrounded by 30 other beautiful incredible amazing talented women and he was drawn to god's spirit in me you know so, and that's so there, what, is there a part to be fair then that's you know because it, it can be easy to say like to friends who are potentially settling and they're like you don't understand and you go well it's just so obvious like you don't share the same yeah wisdom but when you're in it and you do have um a heart for someone you know that's um you know i'm sure the thought comes into your mind like hey is is this an opportunity especially you know as since you're a christian you're thinking maybe hey uh god might be using me to actually help bring this person about and they call it missionary dating you know but uh, i'm yeah. sure the thought like you know, it, it's it's obviously a lot more complicated when you're in the moment. Yeah. And when there's yeah. feelings involved. But I will say for me, like 
I don't know. I see The Bachelor as something so far removed from my like dating life because I felt like that was such a God thing and such a purpose thing and something so much bigger than me thing. So I don't even really look at that in the context of like how I would obviously normally go about relationships. Um, like I'm not on dating apps or any of those things. And so for me, like I truly believe like those three things need to be there. I'm not going to even consider someone if he is not spiritually there, if he is not on the same page. Like I'm not one who even goes on dates with people unless I know really that those three things are there because I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste his time. And so and some of those things you kind of find out like as you're, you know, as you go on a date or as you're hanging out for sure. But like so those three, three things are three C's the and three you said there were P's as well. And or? then the three P's, these are the three things that I evaluate when I am like going on dates. So the three P's are um, purpose. Like, does our does our purpose align? Do we have an aligned vision for our life and where we're going? You know, it says in God's word, like where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, is that is that vision there? Do I know exactly like where he's headed, where he's going? Does that align? Does that cross over? Will he be able to help me be all that God's called me to be? Will I be able to help him be all that God's called him to be? And does that, you know, go together? Um, peace. I think peace is a really big thing. Um, I think so many of of the time we kind of go off of, you know, passion and potential. Um, and so the third P is patterns. And for me, I, I don't look at like, oh my gosh, is it this passion, infatuation, lustful? Like that to me is is obviously of the flesh. Um, but I look at habits. I look at what he's intentionally doing every single day. Um, is he consistently being a man of God? Is he consistently surrounding himself with incredible people who are making him better? Like looking at those habits and those patterns, I think is so important. And I think like you were saying, you know, missionary dating, I think so many times we go off of potential. Oh, he could get there. Oh, she could get there. And we look at that and it's like, oh, well, I don't want to marry someone off of potential. Yeah. You know, I want to marry someone who I trust their character I trust you know they have healthy godly patterns and so I know if this is what they're doing right now this is what they're going to continue to do and even that's going to continue to grow because they're consistently putting themselves in God's presence and in God's word so I trust and know that every day when they're coming before you know God and they have the Holy Spirit in them like they're just going to continue to grow and get better and so those are my three P's patterns purpose uh, peace and so those are also things that I'm and I obviously haven't found that yet and that's why I'm single and I'm not married and so for me, I do have high standards and that's what I encourage people with all the time is, you know, it's not worth it. Like don't settle. It's, it's not worth it. And you want to do life with someone that, you know, you're going to be aligned with. That's going to make you better. That's going to be able to, you know, really push you closer to Jesus, um, and bring out the best in you. Now, but high standards, that also includes NBA players, right? You have to have height wise, right? Right. Like he's got to be, no, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't have to be I always NBA think player. it's funny when I, when I ask girls, they're like, what are you looking for? And they say, oh, tall, dark, and handsome. And I noticed the height one comes before the others. And so mm. I thought that's very, very interesting. Um, yeah. We should patent those letters. And, uh, and then I'm sure the jump, their jump shot matters too. Uh, the, the jump rum shot. Rumor is that you have quite a good jump shot. Is this accurate? Um, I do have a pretty good jump shot. I would say my handles are, are the best thing like that. That was my my handles and my defense was the was the best. And I know you were mentioning your defense is pretty good. So that that was like my my thing for the longest time. So my dad was my coach. And for the longest time, I before I became the point guard. So this was back in like ninth grade. He would put me in the game mainly for my defense and then take me out for my offense because I just like I didn't love like getting the ball. I was a passer. I was like, get the ball to like the best player in the court. And then, you know, once our point guard graduated, he was like, you're the point guard now. Like you needed to step it up. And then that was when he really was like, I want you to shoot every time the ball gets in your hands. I want you to or I want you to like, you know, look down the court, find the open person, like make make a good play. Um, so I, I pride myself on my basketball handles. It's what, you know, has kind of blown up on TikTok. All the people like to see, you know, the cool, the cool moves. And for context, um, you're, you should tell the, the listeners at home, your dad is not just any coach, right? He coaches. He's one of the coaches for Auburn men's basketball. So we're, we're a big Auburn family, big War Eagle family. Have you met Nick Saban? I have not met Nick 
<laughs> I am not. Would you want I, to meet Nick Saban? I think Saban? my dad would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, there's not a strong desire in me to meet Nick Saban, but I will say I always admire people who do things well and who do things with excellence. And he is an incredible coach. And for that, I applaud him. Would you ever say roll tide on camera? I would never say that. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> I would, War, my dad would kick me out of my family. War Eagle. And, War Eagle. Uh, and as I showed Bubba Watson on another episode, uh, my, my family went to the University of Florida. So chomp. Uh, no, no issues with Auburn, and uh, I went to USC. Fight on, folks. Um, all right, you have a book. I have a book. That's awesome. You wrote a book, so I wrote a book. That's not the title of it, actually. But um, one of the themes uh, that I found recurring in your book, uh, and I actually got the picture book version, which was awesome. I was able to oh, kind of go. That. It was a pop-up version. You know, yeah. the God's word would just like smash me in the face. Oh, not a bad beautiful. idea. We should run with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I th I loved the theme because it's actually something that I've I've heard preached and always resonates is that. Um, God prepares in private that which he wants to do publicly. Mm -hmm. So to some effect, um, talk a little bit about that because that seems to be a very recurring theme yeah. throughout your book. I feel like when I came off the show and really what led me to even writing this book, I so I'd started writing before I ever went on The Bachelor. God was laying all these messages on my heart before I ever went on the show, before I ever had any kind of ability to get a book out there. I had a message laid on my heart that I started writing years ago. But when I came off the show was really when it picked back up. And I had so many people asking me, Maddie, how were you able to stand firm under pressure? How were you able to stay true to yourself in an environment like The Bachelor when I know there's pressures, there's temptations, there's voices, you know, there's there's opinions, there's words, there's so much thrown at you. How were you able to keep your standards high and your roots deep and you were willing to walk away? You were willing to stay true to yourself, whatever the cost. What did that look like for you? How did you do it? So I had so many people asking me that question and I wanted to put a message out there that really spoke to that by using my experiences, the moments where I folded under pressure, the moments where I didn't stay true to myself, the moments where I didn't knock down the game winning shot with the, you know, two seconds on the clock and all the pressure on me, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, moments when I was able to stand firm and stay true to my convictions when everyone was watching and when no one was watching. And, you know, the way that I was able to answer those questions is, of course, you know, well, God gave me the strength, the Holy Spirit inside of me. But also, we all have a responsibility. We all have a role to play. And for me, the strength that everyone saw in the public when all eyes were on me was directly connected to the decisions I was making in private when no one was around, when no one was watching. And that's what I say a lot in this book is who you are when no one is watching is who you will be when everyone is watching. And when the pressure hits, What's inside of you is what's going to come out of you. And that's why it matters. You know, your private life, those small moments, those everyday moments matter because that's when you're investing in yourself. That's when you're feeding your spirit. That's when you're discovering who you are and what you believe. And you're building just that that strong foundation so that when the, the waves knock against you, the wind blows against you, like you have a solid foundation built on rock and you're unshakable. You're unwavering. You know who you are. You know what you believe. And it doesn't matter what comes at you. You know, you, you're, you're firm in that. And so for me, you know, when I was on a show like The Bachelor, when, yeah, there's so many things and, and so many moments where it's so easy to compromise. It's so easy to change myself, to be liked and accepted, to be validated, to be chosen. It would have been so easy to lower my standards, to just, you know, choose to stay and just choose to be in this relationship because there were so many, you know, pressures and temptations and, and of course, even feelings involved. But ultimately, you know, I chose to to walk away from something that I did love and care about, you know, ultimately to to have God's best for my life. And so I talk all about that in my book and how, you know, standing firm, it does come with a cost and it does come with preparation and it does come with training. And you look at, you know, the, the, the people in life who we admire, the people in life who have made such a big impact. Um, you look at like Olympians, you look at, you know, doctors, you look at celebrities, you look at musicians, you look at all these different actors, all these different people who, who, who do things that are, that are awesome and, and highly favored and things that people look at and be like, wow, I want that. And what I think people forget a lot of the times is there was a lot of preparation that prepared them to be able to be who they are and to get them to where they're at. You know, Michael Jordan didn't become Michael Jordan overnight. He's not just the best basketball player that ever existed. People might fight me on that. 
but he he didn't we lost just a third of our audience right there <laughs> listen listen uh, sorry it's just what i believe but he didn't just become that overnight you know he he prepared and he went through a lot of rejection along the way he he was even i think there was like that story where he was rejected from like his middle school basketball team they told him he he wasn't good enough to make the team he went through rejection he went through pain he he had to sacrifice a lot the, the cost was great and i'm sure there were some lonely moments along the way but ultimately he is who he is today because of the preparation because of the training because of all that he went through and i think a lot of people you know never step into the fullness of what god has for them and they never step into the fullness of who they can be because they're not willing to go through what it takes to get there and so i talk a lot about in my my book you know the power of preparation and how the way we respond to pressure matters but the way we prepare matters just as much and how we can value that private life how we can value those you know hidden moments when no one is around and when no one is watching because that's what's really setting us up and getting us ready for the heat of the moment moments that everyone's watching who's the book for they i've heard it said that when you're writing you, you have someone in mind when you're writing too yeah. it, maybe it's yourself maybe it's someone else who needs encouragement um, obviously it's very upbeat as is in line with uh, what i've gathered about you in the last 30 minutes but uh, <laughs> a lot of encouragement yeah. um who is this book for so like I mentioned, all those who you know were reaching out to me and all the DMs that I was getting, all the tweets that I was getting, that ultimately was what really kind of birthed this passion and just this uh, uh, you know, conviction in my heart of just wanting so many to understand that they were made on purpose and for a purpose, that they have something so beautiful to give this world, but also for them to realize the whole heart behind being made for this moment is to understand that it's actually not even about you, that you're a part of something so much bigger than you and that the most beautiful thing that we have to offer is when we realize that wow like i have something in me that's beautiful and that's great and that's powerful and that's awesome but it's actually not even for me it's actually to give away it's actually to make a difference it's actually to add value to other people and so that's the you know heart behind being made for this moment but you know really i, I i've just i've seen so many people in so many different environments in my life on the bachelor coming off the bachelor before i ever even went on the bachelor in college and high school so many moments where you know i've seen so many individuals those who seem to have everything right those who seem to have you know the money the fame the followers the looks whatever it is they seem to have everything this world describes as valuable yet they still lay their head down at night and say is this all there is is there more to this life than this and they lay down at night they're depressed they're anxious they hate their life they're they're constantly wondering is there more than this and then on the flip side of that, I've been around people who seem to, you know, not really have anything that this world calls valuable and important. And they feel so, you know, insecure because of that. They feel so hidden. They feel unworthy. They feel not enough. They're like, who, who, why would I be made for this moment? Who cares what I have to say? Nobody cares about my voice. You know, why am I even here, God? You know, what, what do I have to offer this world? And both sides, you know, I, I've seen both sides of that. And, and to me, I just see so many who long to know their identity so many who long to know their purpose so many who long to know that they belong that they that they are valuable and I want to speak to that individual you know I want to speak to that person who who is questioning that and I want to help them find you know their identity their God-given identity I want to help them find you know confidence and courage and strength um, which the source of that is Christ but again we have a role to play in that and I think so many of us are waiting for those things to come knocking at our door but we don't realize that you know we have to find that we have to fight for that you know confidence isn't just placed in our laps we have to fight for confidence we have to fight for our identity because the world is going to constantly try and place labels on us and constantly tell us who we are so we have to fight against that and we have to fight for what god ultimately says about us and what ultimately god has for us and so i want to help people fight for that i want to help them fight for their moment i want to help them fight for their identity and fight for their purpose so that they can live ultimately the life that they want to live but also ultimately the life that god has called them to live that's you it's right there available now right yeah or, that's right go it get came it out october 19th available now amazon bookstores near you no and i love you have so many cool anecdotes in this book um i love uh, i don't even know her but i love your mom um it just she's the best sounds amazing i know you've told this story uh, on a few pro but it's just so cool tell us about the 41 letters so when I when I knew I was going on The Bachelor, I said yes to it and I was about to leave to go on the show. 
I knew I was going to be pretty much stripped away from everything that has made me me my whole life, right? Like I'm not going to have my family there, my friends there, my church there, you know, my 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 sermons to listen to, worship music. I'm not going to have any access to any of those things. And so for me, it was trying to figure out how can I still stay rooted? How can I still be reminded that I'm not alone in this in this dark journey or in this, you know, journey that could feel extremely lonely? And so for me, I remember I was getting ready to leave. And one of the things that, you know, my family gave me, my mom gave me right before I was leaving was she gave me this this stack of letters. And I was like, thanks, mom. So sweet. So thoughtful. And, you know, I see this massive stack of letters that she had written me and I knew it had probably taken her so long. It was so thoughtful. I was moved to tears. I was like, wow, mom, like that was genuinely so amazing best gift you could give me now I have you know these letters to cling to and hold on to when I'm on the show and when I'm feeling lonely when I when I really want just a hug from my mom or a word of encouragement from my mom at least I have these letters now and when I went on the show you know anytime every single morning I would you know pull out those letters anytime I was missing my mom or I was just missing my family having a moment of just discouragement or feeling alone I would just read her letters and every single letter it was like it was exactly what I needed and every letter she would just continue to remind me you know you're exactly where you're supposed to be you are exactly who God's called you to be she would remind me of who I am she would remind me of my purpose and my why of why I was there and would just continue to encourage me she would use you know so many different cool analogies I think she used you know uh, the story of, of a mother eagle and the baby eaglet and and how you know the mother eagle you know protects her eaglets and and, and, and you know puts her puts her wings around her eaglets and just nourishes them feeds them every single day but eventually there comes a moment where you know the mother eaglet has to push her eaglets out of the nest because only through the push is when they learn how to fly and I and I thought it was such a cool powerful you know testimony to even what God does for us you know so many times it's like okay you have those seasons of okay I'm giving you everything you need it's comfortable I'm feeding you I'm protecting you. and then then there's going to be moments where we feel pushed out of our comfort zone we feel pushed out of you know the nest and that was where I felt you know on the season of the bachelor I felt so out of my comfort zone like I'm trying to flap my wings trying to find you know the strength and and, and the ability to fly and it was scary and um, and I had to trust that I had what I needed to be able to soar and so it was it was just cool and she would use so many different you know stories and analogies and, and things but ultimately just to continue to encourage me and the coolest part was you know she didn't know how long I would be away she didn't know how long I would be on The Bachelor but she felt like you know as she was writing those letters she felt like once she got to 41 she was told to stop she felt like God was like okay stop like that's all that's all you need just stop there and so she gives me these 41 letters and as I'm going through them every single day I have 41 letters and then the 41 letter uh, leads me into hometowns which is the day that I see my family again and so it was like the Lord gave me and it was like the Lord knew that I needed those 41 letters you know to get me through all of those weeks to where you know that would be the day where I would see my family again and then from that point it was like my mom was like okay like you have everything you need. You have all you need to soar, to fly, to be who God has called you to be. Um, and so it was really cool and just really powerful that God was like even in the details like that, just to let me know I wasn't alone in a, in a journey like that. Also, 41 sounds, you know, kind of cool number. Yeah. You know, cool number. Yeah. Uh, is your mom like a total prayer warrior? total prayer warrior like oh. she has prayed relationships out of my life like straight up I would be just in relationships where I'm like I'm gonna marry this person oh my gosh and then she'd be like Lord I know this person is not the one you have for my daughter she'd be praying next day she'd walk in she'd be like how how's that relationship doing I'd be like oh I broke up with him I can't do it anymore and she's like yeah like she she has prayed people out of my life and just powerful prayers prayer warrior so she prays them out and your dad can scare them off um if we need to expedite the, the, the prayer process right yeah that's that's what i'm saying I'm like come on guys like okay you've prayed them out you've kicked them out can we can we bring them in like where can we bring can we bring the guy in that'd be nice what uh are there is you know it's, it's funny because you know we we learn so much from our parents and we as we get older we have grace too to be like oh man because you're just figuring out as you go along Sounds like your mom um, is, I mean, both parents amazing, but obviously you talk about your mom quite a bit in there. Um, are you gonna borrow a lot of uh, how she raised you for your kids? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you learn a lot, you know, from your parents and, and their marriage and how they, they parent you and your sisters. And I think one of the most beautiful things that my parents did, of course, was like keeping Christ the foundation and being very spirit led. 
in that. But I think also what was so cool is neither my parents, my mom nor my dad had a father figure in their life. Um, they didn't they didn't have a father. And so it was really cool to see how they God really gave them the grace and the strength and the wisdom that they needed um, to to really lead and love my sisters and I well. And I think such a beautiful thing that they did you know, was not only just like preach, but they, they walked it out, you know, like they didn't just say, follow Jesus, do this, do that. They showed us why we should. And they were examples to my sister and I, my sisters and I. And so for me, I saw how in love with Jesus, my parents were, I saw how in love with each other they were. And that was something that I wanted. Like that was something that I was attracted to. Um, I saw the people that they chose to do life with. I saw those that they chose to surround themselves with and how they were, you know, incredible people that, that made them better and that pushed them closer to Jesus. I saw how they served the local church and the body of Christ and served those less fortunate. Um, I saw how, you know, my dad was very excellence driven, disciplined and, you know, believed in the power of preparation and, and was just such a hard worker. And I saw that and I craved that and I wanted that. And I just wanted to make my dad proud. You know, like that was how I was just constantly thinking, not only on the, on the basketball court, but off the court. And, you know, I saw the way that my mom loved and she was, you know, the glue to our family of just nurturing and loving and just kind and compassionate. Um, and so I, I admired that, you know, in my parents and that's why they're two of the biggest role models for me. And I think another thing that they did, you know, uh, was, was prayer, but also just, you know, loving each of us the way that we needed to be loved. Like, I don't think they loved my sisters and I all the same, um, in, in the capacity of, they knew that I needed, you know, a little bit more discipline. I was so stubborn. I was strong headed. I was not motivation, <sighs> discipline, discipline. Chapter and, yes. six. Yeah. And and they knew that I needed some um, some timeouts, you know, some uh, spankings on the on the booty. Uh, they knew I needed to be put in my place because I was such a strong force of nature. <laughs> and that was the only thing that was going to calm me down when I was when I was young. But my other sisters, you know, they were, you know, just people pleaser. Anything you say, mom and dad. And so, like, it just looks different, you know, for each child. And so I think they parented us, you know, uniquely to, to how each of us needed to be parented. And so I definitely have learned a lot, you know, from my from my parents and in what I will instill in my kids um, when when I'm a mother one day. Amazing. Well, I have a special segment for you, just for you. It's called Tweets by Maddie. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so we just picked out a few. Uh, a little bit of lightning round. Love you to give a few quick thoughts on some of these tweets. I okay. picked out a few favorites. October 13th. If you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. Mm. I think that goes back to what you just even alluded to is that it's discipline and not motivation. I think so many times we base our, you know, choices, especially when it comes to not only physical training and like working out and eating healthy and all those things, but even our spiritual training and our spiritual growth on motivation. Oh, if I feel like reading my Bible today, if I feel like being a Christ follower today, if I feel like loving that person today, if I feel like working out today, then I'll do it. Right. And we base so much off of motivation, off of feeling and what I I write about a lot of my book is just the power of discipline because you're not always going to feel like doing it. Um, you have to make a choice like this is who I'm going to be. This is the life I'm going to choose to live, uh, live. And so you can't just go off your of your feelings, but rather choosing a life of discipline. And, and even if that's rest, um, choosing like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to live a life of rest. I'm not always going to be in this mentality of performance and proving myself, but to understand, OK, maybe today, like I, I need to rest and I'm going to choose that. October 6th. 2021 year of our lord prayer idea pray for everyone not just the people you like hmm. yeah this was a one this was a one to me <laughs> we were, you were tweeting at yourself i was tweeting at myself at i was maddie adding Pru. at maddie prue i was adding myself in that moment um yeah i think that sometimes the most courageous thing that we can do is is loving people who who don't really deserve our love is praying for people who don't really deserve our prayer um deserve because we don't deserve it like we don't deserve the love of jesus we don't deserve the grace of our lord and savior we don't deserve salvation we don't deserve um blessing and all of the beautiful things that god gives us um 
them so graciously. We we don't earn that. We don't deserve that. And so, you know, for me, it's that's what it looks like to be a true follower of Christ and to really love well is not just like, you know, it talks about in scripture, like anyone can love people who love them well. Anyone can give grace to those who give grace to them. Anyone can pray for those who pray for them. That's easy. But how, how difficult is it sometimes to choose to really pray? And I'm not talking about like, you know, Lord, I pray that you just, you know, make their day horrible. They get a flat tire. They get knocked upside the head. They get, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about prayers of blessing, prayers of just Lord, draw near to them. Lord, speak to them. Lord, meet them where they're at. You know, take them to places they never imagined they could get. Like mm. those kinds of prayers. Um, like that's challenging, especially for those who have really done not so nice things to you and said, you know, mean things to you. I've had a lot of negative words come at me. I've had a lot of uh, people, you know, gossip about me, betray me, reject me, cheat on me. I mean, I've, I've experienced a lot of things and praying for those kinds of people can be difficult at times. Um, and sometimes it's not even for them. Sometimes it's just for you to experience some healing and some freedom um, in your own heart and to remember, like, this is what it looks like to, to really follow Jesus and to love people well. Awesome. We only have about eight minutes left to camp, so we'll keep keep our answers a little lightning, but these are awesome. September 20th. A lot of things broke my heart, but fixed my vision. Hmm. I think that we have to learn to not only rejoice in the open doors, but also rejoice in the closed doors. I think that rejection isn't always just rejection as it seems, but it's redirection to God's best. And so I've learned to praise God for even the closed doors and the no's and the not right now's. September 8th. I love this one. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. Hmm. Is that a Maddie original or did you quote someone else on that? Honestly, I have no idea. There's so much well, content. Amazing. There's so much content that comes into my brain 24/7, so I I'm I like, love that. I never know if I got it from like someone or if it just revelation from the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that that is it stands so true because uh, it's it's like that quote that I even would say all the time and I'm probably gonna butcher this because I don't even remember it's amazing this what we exact, can do in post we right? can like be like hi does it you like think <laughs> about it you, you think about it for a long time and then you're like put on the spot and you're like oh, I don't really know if this is exactly how it goes but it's something like this where it basically says like life is 10% of how people treat you and 90% of like how you respond to it or 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it hmm. and I think that that's so powerful because you know things are like it said like I said you know things are inevitable there's so much you can't control but what you can control is how you will let it affect you how you allow it in like if you let it in if you allow it to fester if you allow it to you know spiral out of control um and you know ultimately like ruin your you know your life your thoughts your relationships and so we do have power over over that over our thoughts and how we let it affect us and ultimately how we you know, choose to, to live our life. That's what we do have control over. Last one. Love this one too. July 26th. Never trust your tongue when your heart is wounded. Hush until you heal. Hmm. Yep. That was also for me. <laughs> have we said a thing or two that we perhaps shouldn't mm -hmm. have? And social yeah. media makes it much more wonderful, right? In the old days, right. You could just, you, you know, just, say whatever. it under your breath. Now yeah. you can say it. Cancel to, culture. That you don't, you can't do that. I could think of political figures that could hear this too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that is, that is good. And that was, you know, honestly for me, because I think that it's very easy to just react in the heat of the moment. Um, and when you feel, when you feel offended, kind of to what we were even just saying, when you feel attacked in some way and you have that defensive spirit rise up in you, the easiest thing to do um, is to lash out, to, to just explain yourself, defend yourself. But I actually think the most powerful and strongest thing we can do sometimes is rather than just reacting, take a minute and ask God, uh, how can I respond in a way instead of react? How can I respond in a way that's going to bring glory to you and that's going to be beneficial um, and that's going to add value? Because if I truly believe that this life isn't about me, then I really don't have to sit here and defend myself and make this about me in this moment. Even if people don't understand me, even if people misunderstand and, and misjudge me and, and, and have all of these thoughts towards me and attack me in these ways, whatever, that's between them and God. At the end of the day, I have to give an account for my life and my words and my choices and that's what matters. And so I think it's taking a second, pausing, asking, 
if I really say something right now, is this beneficial? Is this going to add value? And who is it glorifying? Who am I making this about? Mm. And so when I take time to really, and I'm not perfect at this. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So listen, sometimes I just react and I, and I feel very bad about it after, but a healthy eight, a healthy, I'm a healthy eight. I really am. But there are, of course, you know, moments where your feelings get the best of you. And I've had moments of reacting, but I think what I have learned is the, is the most powerful and strongest and courageous thing you can do is actually rather than reacting take a minute pray about it and then respond in the way whether that's remaining silent or whether that's responding in a way that is going to bring glory to god and be beneficial to who's around you you got a lot of wisdom um there's some there's some great tweets uh i wish i i think i've tweeted cat videos and <laughs> so good. i need to need to up my game there you know the um, world needs more cat videos though so that's it does good. it yeah. does we are uh as we near the end of our trip the fire gets low the weather mm. changes yeah we've braved birds and lawnmowers and other yeah. other outdoor perils um i don't know if this message got to you because i did ask your assistant to ask you to prep on this so if <laughs> not we'll just cut this but uh it is almost halloween uh, do you have a somewhat spooky or mysterious story of something like really kind of Twilight Zone-y that happened to you ever? Uh, someone that was there and then was not, or uh, a very like, you know, like do 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 do. Like a scare, a legit scary, yeah, a scary story, story of something that happened to me. Yeah, do you have like a mysterious, a ghost, like a, we have, we ask everybody if they have a ghost story or something weird where they like, one of those things where, you know, you tell by a campfire. Okay, I don't know that th this. Okay, I'm we can no, always cut it. No, because I not in the sense of like, oh, like this person was following me or this happened or anything like that. I will say the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, only because I'm terrified of snakes, <laughs> was one time I was using the bathroom and I was just you know chilling on the bathroom, scrolling through Instagram, probably like we all do. And I was in the middle of Alabama in like the middle of nowhere at like my great grandmother's house. And um, so the house is old, right? And I'm sitting on the toilet and I, I probably was just like chilling there for about five minutes. I get up and as I as I look to go and flush the toilet, this whole time there has been a um, rattlesnake wrapped around the, the leg of the toilet, just, just wrapped around its head and its tail on both ends where my feet were. And it wasn't rattling? And it, I never heard it. I never, I didn't see it when I came in. I don't know what, I don't know if I was just on my phone, on videos, loud. I don't know what was happening. But when I say I've never had more panic go through my body in the matter of a second than in that moment, I, it was everything in me. I sprinted out like yelling. I was like, someone go and kill that snake. And I have not gone in that bathroom since then. I am, I am scarred. That is truly terrifying. So <laughs> I don't know if that counts as spooky. I haven't had someone, you know, follow me or anything like that, but I have had a rattlesnake uh, wrapped around my toilet before. We've actually had two guests be kidnapped. Yeah, on the show. We've wow. had yeah, we've had some pretty scary stories. But that honestly, um, folks, if you need to use the restroom and you're in rural Alabama, make check, sure check. to check twice. Mm -hmm. Yep, check know? twice. Wow. Um, last question for you. Um, how does God speak to you? I'm all, I, I love asking Christians this question because mm -hmm. it's such a, it's a tough one. Um, it's a source of a lot of pain and uh, frustration for a lot of people, also a source of a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. um, but how does God speak to Madison Pruitt? I would say for me, when I, I feel the closest to the Lord and just when I hear his voice the most um, is during, I mean, this sounds so whatever cliche but genuinely is is during prayer like prayer to me is when i'm like the closest to the lord i love god's word i love worshiping um i love you know spending time with god's people i love speaking i love writing but to me it's prayer in those moments of because i actually really struggle with vulnerability i'm not a super vulnerable person which is funny because i you know went on a reality tv show wrote a book all the things but i am not a very the evidence would person. seem to suggest that you're actually you're very right. vulnerable and this was the most vulnerable thing i've ever done in my life it was terrifying actually um but i I, it to me like during prayer it's it's so vulnerable it's so raw it's so real it's so intimate and i just it's just me and jesus and i can just it's like i can be my complete self and he loves and accepts that and he just meets me where i'm at and i hear his voice so clearly and so anytime that i have like just so like i knew i heard something from the lord or i know he was leading me to do something it was during 
like my time just in prayer when I removed all distractions. Um, I like to pray out loud. Sometimes it's like pacing around and I'm praying loud and I'm praying, you know, with passion. And then sometimes it's just like me, like weeping on the ground and just barely saying any words and just letting God speak to me. Um, but I would say for me, it just prayer life. And a lot of times it's in my car. I love, I love just driving around and praying. People next to me probably think I look crazy when there's no one in my car and I'm just like, just talking away. Well, you but. are in an Audi, and I have found Audis are very conducive. The noise canceling cabin is great for actually oh, great. hearing. We love that. I know. I have a Q5, and I absolutely oh, great. I love Audi. So right. Audi sponsorship. Yeah. Waiting for that. Um, before I wrap, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to that you would love to? You know, I I mean, I think that we covered a good bit. I would just encourage, you know, anyone listening to this. I this is a message I'm extremely passionate about because I've seen how God has, you know, spoken it to me and what he's done inside of me and I am just so passionate about what he can do in you and through you with this message and I just truly hope that you know that you were made for this moment whatever moment you were in right now you were made for this moment that doesn't mean the yesterday moments the tomorrow moments this moment right here right now God wants to use you and God loves you so much can you say it better than that <laughs> um, now last last question last last um, actually yes. You've been on the world stage. You've had mm -hmm. millions of people watching you. Um, you're a social media star now, influence, you're very influential. You've been in rooms with extremely powerful and influential people. Um, but how does it feel now being on this show? How honored are you to be sitting here by the campfire on a show adored by probably dozens of people around the country? You know, genuinely, I don't have words and that's rare. So that's just speechless, honestly, just so honored and humbled to be, you know, sitting by the fire, 85 degrees, just hanging out with you and just really sharing our hearts. I mean, it's it's great. I feel closer to you. I feel just like God, God is here. You know, it's just just a powerful, powerful moment. So really just. Yeah. From an eight to a three, <laughs> a healthy eight to a three. Um, before we wrap up, though, I do want to give a special shout out uh, today. First off, Madison, thank you so much for coming on the show. Would you hold your book up? Just get a big exaggerated like uh, made for this moment. Go pick it up. It is available now or right? everywhere, right? Available now. Yes. OK, great. And if uh, so, go on, buy the book, uh, follow Madison if you haven't already. And uh, make sure you get this. Get it for a friend. Christmas season's coming up, too get them the gift of finding their purpose, identity, and preparing for all mm. that God wants them to do. Yeah. Um, but I do want to give a special shout out as we are concluding this tour and have driven this bus almost 7,000 miles now. Um, we broke down in Amarillo, Texas. The reason Madison is uh, making fun and quote, quote, roasting the temperature in here is because our rear AC compressor is broken. And so we are camping in, well, Florida, it feels like. Um, there was a man named Buford Fremel, a mechanic in Amarillo, Texas, who responded to a 6 a.m. text message to come out and fix our car. He thought he could fix it in an hour, couldn't find the part we needed, and drove around for seven and a half hours solely to try and get us the belt we needed to get us to our destination. Buford, you saved our butts. We are so grateful. <laughs> he tried to undercharge me drastically. If you are ever broken down in Amarillo, Texas, there is a guardian angel slash mechanic named Buford Fremel. Buford, Mark and I are eternally grateful. Thank you for getting us here as we are now in Dallas in a parking lot in front of an Nordstrom's. Well, folks, thank you for camping and God bless you and God bless these most precious United States. See you next time. Uh -huh.